0: Maybe uh, whip out some cantina jazz, jizz, I think is what it's called now. <laughs> cantina space jizz? Jazz. Like yeah, all good. <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> whip, out, whip out a bunch of jizz on these fools. Wait, wait, wait. Is that a real thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's space jazz, bro. Jizz. Mm-hmm. Space jazz is jizz. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, Shit. The
1: cantina music in Star Wars universe, yeah, that we hear a lot is... It's called jizz. I did not know that. Interesting.
0: <laughs> I was today years old when J-I-Z-Z? I learned. J I Z
1: Z. Uh huh. Yeah, oh, jizz, shit. dude.
0: There's okay. nothing else that that could possibly mean, bro. Yeah, you and if you look, no, 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 no. it's like
1: if you look that up. I don't know this. I don't know where this particular <laughs> one is, but like performers of this music style are often called jizz whalers. <whistles>
2: What's up? Welcome to Berries and Blades. Thanks for tuning in for a casual conversation about video games. My name is Joseph, and I'm here with my friends, William Taylor, and we're just three regular guys wondering which Willem Dafoe performance is the best of his career. But I digress. So, what do y'all think?
0: Oh, man, that's an easy one. Um, so, okay, not as easy as I was initially <laughs> thinking. Stallwood.
2: Immediately, Stallwood. There's
0: the. Well, uh, so what's the. The one that he kind of blew up in back in the days about the two brothers, the Irish brothers. What was mm, that? That's a uh, 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 reservoir Dogs, right? Boondock. Oh, Saints. Boondock Saints. Yeah, I get those two confused constantly. Yeah, that one was epic. But I did really like him in the recent that's, uh, movie, Agent Agent
2: Paul Smecker.
0: Smecker, yeah, like so above and beyond with that character, um, but. Also, recently I saw the movie it was in. Was it called Inside? Uh, he's an I inside man, uh, I think, with Denzel. It, no, it's one where he, he's a, an art thief and he gets locked into, oh. um, into a condo where he's trying to steal some art. And that's just how yeah. it starts off. And the whole thing is him just trying to survive this smart house. That has him locked in. That sounds cool. I don't know what that one's called. I thought it was Inside, but it's something like that. I thought it was pretty damn good. It's a one-man show. Mm -hmm. I think it's got like two or three actors in it at most, but it's almost 90% him. And it's perfect Willem Dafoe material because as he's in there, he just goes more and more insane, you know, like as he's... The air gets stuck one way or the other, or as you would imagine, like you start running out of food, things like that. Uh, He just goes into full on insanity mode and he's a great person to see do that. Yeah. It is
1: just called inside. It is.
0: I recommend it. Mm -hmm. I I definitely recommend it as a good, if you, if you love Willem Dafoe Mm -hmm. and you're willing to watch him and pretty much whatever, it's definitely worth checking out because just seeing him unravel into madness is always going to be a winning formula.
2: You did watch it, yeah. Nice, yeah. I like the the concept for just the the entire setup for that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and it's great. And there's some really good art in it too, um, which is you know, a lot of movies have good art. But since this one is specifically about stealing art from a collector, that collector's house has a lot of really cool looking art in there. That the movie does a good job of focusing on just enough to let you appreciate it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Agent Paul Smecker from Boondock Saints because that might be one of my favorite performances. I don't think it's his best, but that's definitely one of my favorites that kind of like made me really appreciate all of his work. It was like that performance that was like, oh shit, now I'm like paying attention to him. And uh, Willie, what stands out to you?
0: Same.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I thought Taylor was going to say... Spider-Man for sure when he was like mm. oh this is easy I thought he was gonna say <laughs> Spider-Man
0: <laughs> Spider-Man was in my head that is a great role
1: I thought he was gonna say Platoon yeah I did think that too that that was a possibility
0: I've only seen Platoon once or twice so it doesn't it doesn't come to mind immediately especially in relation to Defoe I think Boondock Saints was my first soiree into that dude's range and so that's always what comes up when I think about mm-hmm. it
2: uh but he played a rat in Fantastic Mr. Fox.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't remember that, but I saw it on the list earlier. I mean, I do think his performance in Spider-Man was good. It is, it is a, a good fit because that dude is all over the place in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know. I, I do think of Platoon and Boondock Saints is the other one that I do like think of immediately. about Jesus Christ and the last temptation of Christ, 1988? No. Huh. I don't think so. There was something else I saw on the list when I looked at it too.
0: What does he play in that? Is he like schemy stabby guy? He's Jesus Christ. Who, oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. I would expect him to be like the guy who stabs Christ or something. Like he's, uh comes in with a weird smile and like, ugh. The stabbing the of stabby. Christ. Starring Willem Dafoe. Oh, I was thinking about his character in <laughs> John Wick.
1: Oh, Marcus.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I do like that yeah, character. That it's
1: not much of a role. No, it's like- yeah. I don't even know how many minutes, but it's—I bet it's like ten minutes on screen, probably. Yeah, 15 it's or something not
2: like that. a lot, but I like—I like that character.
1: Yeah, I don't have any other strong feelings about it, but I'm sure there's plenty of other good roles <laughs> coming out this spring. Willem Dafoe in the stabbing of
2: Jesus
0: Christ. <laughs> I, I wouldn't watch it, but I would definitely check out reviews on it. Probably be entertaining.
2: Uh, all right. It's the beginning of a new year for gaming, and like most years, there are a ton of games on the horizon. Games like Skull & Bones, Tekken 8, Dragon's Dogma 2, and Princess Peach Showtime. Shit, at the Game Awards alone, there were previews for like 37 new games. And I know because Willie created a spreadsheet with links for all those trailers, Anyway, I'm saying all of this today because we're going to share some of the 2024 games we're looking forward to the most. And I fully expect some crossover in the games we want to talk about. So I'm just going to start us off with the game that I know Willie is also looking forward to Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. But talking about this game is tricky because we're recording two days before the demo goes live for Nintendo Switch. But this episode won't be published until a week after the full game is released. So there's a 100% chance we have have already played this game by the time you hear this. But uh, Willie, am I right thinking this is one of the games you're looking forward to?
1: Yeah, it's definitely on my list, on the short list of things that I'm looking forward to. The gameplay looks cool just right out the gate. It's for sure like 2D platformer style thing that I want to play. I'm going to try to avoid talking too much about Sands of Time while we talk about this because that's (laughs) honestly what I really wish we were playing soon. But this does look fucking cool, you know? So like, I don't want to downplay that this game looks cool and I'm sure I'll like it. There's some time manipulation stuff in it too, in a way it seems like. Mm -hmm. But you know, I've also just been waiting for Sands of Time for forever now.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty hype about this game, even though they like
1: that fell through the cracks somehow. Yeah, it's good that they were able to recover something else and do something else cool.
2: And honestly, like a new game in that series, I think is really fucking cool, too, even though we didn't get Sands of Time, because I think that's still like a TBD. Yeah, they like canceled at some point and we're just like, we might get back to it. I wonder if it's like, hey, we want to focus on something new, but I think it would still be a cool fucking remake slash remaster.
0: Yeah, this one almost feels like um, an interim for the moment. Like they're uh, kind of falling back on the classic type of gameplay for this and not reinventing the wheel for it. Just giving it a new coat of paint, making it look good, probably giving it really good controls, making the powers feel good and all that. It does seem like maybe they've got something a little bigger going on elsewhere and and still working on something that's more of a... uh, traditional new game, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense.
2: I do really like that it's going back to like the 2D platforming roots. I think that's pretty fucking cool. And to do it in 2023, I think is great. Looks amazing. I like the art direction, like the style of the artwork. I think it looks pretty fucking awesome. The time powers, they kind of just explained as being new and how
0: you can use them. So I like that they've kept that yeah, that aspect of the game the impressiveness of the art and the fact that it is a platformer coming out in 2024 makes me just assume automatically that it's going to control really well mm-hmm. and also the fact that they're uh, bold enough to release a demo for it you know
2: dude only a few days too like only a few days before early access because early access is on june 15th if you have the deluxe oh, okay. edition and then the full release is on the 18th and the demo is on the 11th so that's only a week.
0: January or June?
2: January. Oh, okay.
0: You said June.
2: I was about to say that's way too far away. Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? I think I also said 2023 a second ago too. You did say 2023.
1: I didn't catch June. Yeah. I don't think I said June. Catch up, homie. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking lies. Yeah. The movement in this game does look really good. Just the like dashing around the screen sort of stuff and just. The other thing that stood out to me is those boss fights. Mm-hmm. Very, they just remind me of playing something like a... I guess most recently, the last 2D platformer sort of thing I've played was Metroid Dread. I'm pretty That's sure. That's
2: exactly what it reminds me of.
1: There are other indie games that I've played that are platformers. Uh, you know, I would have played more recently, but I don't know. Something about the polish on the game reminds me of Metroid Dread. Same, same. And even the big beast battles that
2: yeah, they show. That- the size and the scale of the boss compared to sargon is the main character that you play as who is the youngest of a group of immortals and in the game you're trying to rescue prince asan so interesting that you're you're playing as almost like a side character a new character versus playing the person that would be identified
0: as the prince it's typically a good move
2: yeah i like it and then at some point in the game it seems like the other immortals turn on you, and I think there's going to be some boss fights against the other immortals, along with the big beast boss fights. So I'm assuming at some point in the story, the other Im- immortals think that Sargon betrayed them. At least that's what I gathered from just watching like the couple of trailers they've released. So I think story-wise, I think it could be interesting because it seems like there's going to be some decent drama in how like the story unfolds.
0: That's cool. I'll be looking at the gameplay, because uh, this is going to be on all the all platforms right
2: yeah it's like pc ps4 ps5 xbox one series xbox nice. series switch and amazon luna
0: so they're trying to hit everybody yeah. i would i would definitely be curious cuz now in a world where things like hollow and dead cells and metroid like you know there are platforms that have really got their shit together it'll be interesting to see how they conform to that technology and also how they try to either set themselves apart or, you know, improve upon it or whatever they're going to do. Um, I'll definitely at least give it a shot.
2: And I forgot to list who's doing the development. I don't know how I forgot that in my notes, but they did Rayman. So like they have experience with platformers. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. That's a pretty good lineage. Like Rayman is highly regarded. The air
2: dash. I don't know if you saw that, like you're midair and then you dash forward mm-hmm. that little bitty mechanic. I think is going to make the game great. It reminds me of what you can do in Celeste. Yeah. And they
0: still got wall jumping.
2: And when you combine those two, like you have the ability to pause in midair and then dash across the screen. It like really fucking opens the door to like challenging platforming.
0: Looks like they got the classic tropes too, where you got a wall jump and dash over Mm -hmm. crystals and, and all that, so... Uh, but it does look pretty like on the on the stills like whenever i stop that trailer and just look at the gameplay stills looks really good 50 bucks who i wonder how long the game is going to be 20 hours maybe i don't know that seems that seems kind of long but who knows i hope it i find that these are so dependent on how good you are at platformers true. too <laughs> yeah it's like it might true. take one person 3 hours and another person 30 hours exactly
2: i'm happy to wait uh, to pay 50 bucks for this game though
0: i'll be seeing if it comes out on game pass this is one that I, for some reason, I, I could see this one coming out after a couple months. Get their sales in, yeah, have a sale or two, sweet. and then then bring it on to the pass.
2: Uh, let's move on, Willie. What do you have on your short list besides the Lost Crown?
1: Um, it's interesting that there are a lot of good platformers to talk about. So I don't know if I'm going to talk about another platformer.
2: Oh, I did have another platform on
1: my list too. Uh, the other it's thing, thing I is the same one, probably. <laughs> The other thing that I, I noticed when doing this research was uh, there's a lot of games that are talking about immortal beings in them. Mm. The other thing I noticed besides that is there's a ton of action RPGs coming out. That's what everybody has shifted to. Are we in a transition from
0: fucking mechs to
2: immortals? I feel like there's been a no, ton of mechs. No, fucking we didn't have games. enough
0: mechs. No, no you want there more weren't mechs? enough mechs yet. Yeah, we need more. Don't even put that thought out there, dude.
1: There was some mechs for a while. And then they just sort of went away. I didn't even play Armored Core.
0: No. Yeah, I Six. didn't either. That's one I'm waiting to come out on on the Game Pass as well, because I do want to check it out. But it's so hard to pay $70 for a game right now.
1: I'm going to go somewhere different. I think I'm going to go with uh, something I didn't even really know about until recently uh, called Banishers, Ghosts of New Eden. Banishers. That game looks cool.
0: That one does look cool.
1: The developer is Don't Nod, who also did Life is Strange.
0: Oh. So
1: Life is Strange is like episodic thing if nobody if you didn't ever play that before, that a lot of people would say is like the competitor to Telltale's games. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. But like that it's better. A lot of people are like, they did what Telltale was trying to do, but better. And I think there's arguments for that. But like the big mechanic in Life is Strange is that you can rewind all of your decisions basically to remake them. Uh, and see how it's going to play out, which you could never do in Telltale games. Oh, that is interesting. It is. And it changes gameplay in a way that's like, you know, if you can see all your choices and what their consequences are, how do you then move forward versus Telltale where you're like, oh, I got to make this decision like right now. And whatever it is, I'm stuck with it, you know, unless you go back and play through again. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they got a lot of praise for that game. So, I'm excited about this next thing because it's also about choices. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen anything about it, it's about these people who are called banishers, who are basically sworn to protect the living from the dead. I think their names are uh, Red and Antia are the Mm -hmm. two characters, like the two main characters. And Auntie dies at the beginning of the game. At the end of the prologue, she dies and becomes a ghost, basically. She comes back as a ghost and that's like what banishers basically hate the most. Huh. Oh, sure. So, she's like in this in-between this in stage where you have to decide as Red, I guess, and I think you still play as her, but as Red, you're like making this decision together if you're going to like ascend her to let her pass on to the afterlife. Or if you're going to, to uh, try to resurrect her using the souls of other living people.
2: Oh, God. Oh, damn. Definitely got to be
0: some impact from that.
1: I'm pretty sure they're, they're in love. And so, he's like struggling with that decision whether or not he's going to let her mm. pass on or he wants to bring her back to life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Bringing her back to life is going against the rules of the banishers, right? Their whole motto is something like, uh, where is it? I saw it somewhere. Life to the living, death to the dead. And definitely goes against their complete motto to try to bring her back. Mm-hmm. But to do so, he would like really have to kill people and take their souls and feed them to her somehow through some ritual. Mm-hmm. So, this is a February game. Yeah.
0: That's cool. You think it'll be episodic?
1: No, I don't I don't think so. I think it is mm-hmm. like a whole story altogether.
0: That's cool. I like the look of it.
2: I do like what they're showing. There's just no fucking gameplay though.
0: Yeah. Well, some of that might actually be gameplay because of the way that those work and they're they're like a context-driven uh narrative choices and
1: Well, this one is more of an action RPG and is there it? is a good Let me find it. There's There's like a a little clip of combat where it's
2: like swinging a weapon, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Let me share this with you real quick. And the graphics look good. I mean, this is not this is not what I picture when I think of the game Life is Strange.
0: No. Right? No, That's like worlds no. apart visually, right? Mm-hmm. No, even the Walking Dead series had yeah. more like swing the bat to hit the zombie or shooting guns and things like that pop up occasionally. But I, both series could have used a little more action sometimes for a lot of gamers, I'm sure. But for sure. It just depends on what you're looking for as well.
1: So uh, I put a link in chat to a a trailer or like a gameplay trailer, which is pretty cool. And there is some stuff at the end of that that's talking about one of the early cases in the game. It's uh, I think they called it Hammer and Tongs. It's a haunting case is what comes up on the screen when you see it. And you're going to investigate this this couple This woman who's being haunted by her dead husband, who was an asshole to her, like her entire life, that they were together. And she meets somebody else that she falls in love with, and I think that they kill the husband so that they can be together instead. And the husband comes back as a ghost haunting her. So when you get there, you like see the situation and you have to decide, do I take the ghost who's a piece of shit and let him ascend or do I banish his soul to like the void? Or if I'm really trying to bring back Antia, do I, if I let the ghost go or ascend him or whatever I do do I kill one of the people to get their souls Oh shit. <laughs> so I can resurrect so I have one soul to help resurrect Wow! You know, the person I'm in love with I just see a menu where you can blame the
2: people yeah <laughs> like you can choose to ascend yeah, or banish blame, and banish, then you can blame yeah. her or blame him yeah oh man this, doing this seems so, like a game of consequences
1: it does and there's like uh I think they say in that video there's like five different endings sweet
0: I don't see much in the way of anything that's showing me actual gameplay. Like I definitely the choice mechanics and stuff, but I'm not seeing anything that shows
2: action. It's like all cutscenes. Yeah, it shows me yes.
0: controlling a character and walking around and and having any kind of like explorability. I'm sure that stuff will be there, but they sure aren't showing it.
2: It seems like mostly just like interesting narrative.
0: Yeah. Yeah, But if they're calling it an action RPG or action game or something, then I'm sure they're... Okay, here we go. So at 7.30, 7.40 or so, we do get some. Okay, he's pulling out a gun. Okay, yep. And then running at 7.41 and slashing down on a guy. I I will say I always get a little skeptical if you're about to show someone hitting an enemy with a sword and then you don't show that in the trailer mm-hmm. that's a very mm-hmm, that's a mm-hmm. choice that's a choice if it looks beautiful and you love the mechanics of how your sword breaking up you know what i mean like it's, it's just a little devil's advocate but right i find that people that cut that stuff out maybe it doesn't look quite so good maybe it has more of like an mmo style polish to it where there's not a, i don't know
1: yeah, yeah yeah you uh go to that game awards trailer 10 at like 104 in that trailer. It's like also at the very end there's some gameplay, some stuff that looks like let me see. Some actual combat starts at like 105, I guess. It's mixed between cinematics and gameplay i'm pretty sure this is exactly what i saw and thought was
2: gameplay yeah there's like a really cool parry
0: oh yeah parry there we go
2: yeah i'm kind of with taylor here because like you save the action for the very end of that video and then you don't really show much of it including yeah the actual impact of the contact that's interesting choice but the game looks pretty fucking good yeah it, it looks worth checking out
1: i like the idea of it too that somehow there's just this like organization of people who are responsible for passing on ghosts from Mm -hmm. the living to death and like having to make the choice all the time of like do I banish this thing is this thing evil or do I let them pass on like ascend them it's it's a weird concept for sure yeah it's
2: interesting I like uh I like that it can change the way the game unfolds
0: yeah, and, it, and it's another dimension. Whereas, if the game, like most of these are fairly linear with the, you know, where you're walking, what the maps are, but what it really opens up is all the choices and like what happens with those choices, how long they affect you down the line. So, I think, I think nice. that, that one's got some potential.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't spend much time on that game, but I'm glad you brought that up. Taylor, what do you have? Anything? Fucking Jurassic Black Park or some dumb shit? Oh. I
0: can't wait for Black Myth, man. That's uh like Wu Kong. It seems like that's going to be our big um uh, dark souls game for the year. Um, there might be four of them for all we know, but this one just looks really cool. The enemies that it shows um specifically the one with like the long necks and the and the lanterns for heads walking around in some deep cave dungeons combat looks badass the characters look amazing this one seems like somebody took a souls game and turned the weird notch knob up and mm-hmm. i didn't even know that you could do that because souls games get so like weird as it is with their bosses and elden ring did the same but this one seems to really take it to another level because it's got that Japanese edge to it.
2: Chinese, Chinese. Oh,
0: Chinese? Okay, all right. Maybe that also explains the how the monsters look different than Elden Ring did. Mm, yeah, yeah. Was Elden Ring, was that Korean or was that Japanese, the development on that? That was From?
2: Yeah, it was From Software.
0: Oh, okay, that was From. Okay, but I really like the look of the enemies on this one i think that they they look super creepy they yeah. are
2: man i think that's what a lot of people are looking forward to is like just the enemy design and boss designs and yeah this game along with others it's like pulling inspiration from uh ah it's a piece of writing i can't remember it off the top of my head do you know it, willie what is the there's it's like
1: um no i'm not sure oh journey to the west yeah the, yeah that's it that's it the, like piece of literature
2: yeah that's what i was trying to think of
0: so yeah pulling inspiration from there the giants are super interesting man like it it definitely harkens to like shadow of the colossus or definitely souls has stuff like this um and Elden ring did a good job with it too but i'm I'm thinking of the giant turtle which looks Mm. incredible looks like it has an entire mountain on its back unless that's just behind it whatever's going on there i i feel like you can get on that thing's back and Probably fight some difficult enemies on there.
2: Yeah, I think you're right, Taylor. This would probably be the, big, the biggest Souls-like game of the year. I think there's one other game so. that could challenge it, which we'll probably end up talking about here pretty soon. But if the combat is good and smooth combined with the character designs, I think it's, yep. it could be fucking hit.
0: Absolutely, man. Basically, every frame of their that almost three-minute trailer that they had for the Game Awards was... Chock of amazingness. Yeah, total bizarro. And not only that, but really showing off how good the map design looks, how good all the textures are. The water looks great. That's the beauty of these Souls games is that Dark Souls 1, you really had to forgive a lot of fidelity issues because they had to make that compromise between always having the game play right, but also trying to show as much as they could visually. And now we're finally getting to those points where they're getting so optimized that they can do both. They can have the game fidelity look incredible, but also have all of the controls and all of the physics and all of the systems working really well together. This is just another, another step in that evolution, but it looks amazing. Like the part where he's riding on the beetle, like riding it, yeah. flying a beetle somewhere. It almost looks first person. And that might just be for a moment. That could be a cut scene that gets you from onto the turtle's back or something. Mm-hmm. Just things like that look cool.
1: I was watching that part and I it sort of felt like he might have actually been, he might have just killed like a giant beetle or something and he was riding it for a second before it hits the ground. Because like at possible. the end of that part, he, it's like going down and he like is getting ready to jump off or something it looks like.
0: Yeah, and it looks like a hard landing too. It's so like a definite hard landing, but I am... I can't wait to play that.
1: To your point about it looking good, I feel like this is the year of a lot of games that are going to look really good because it feels like people are getting much better in Unreal Engine 5. And there's just so many things that are being developed for it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of stuff like this one, I can't remember. I already lost it. Is this one on Xbox One? Because I feel like everything is starting to move away from last generation of stuff so that they can... Look good, right? Like, this one's not on Xbox One or PlayStation 4. Pretty
2: sure it's just next gen only and PC. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, like, that's just the way it's going to be, you know, for a lot of things this year.
0: That's where we're at in the cycle. We're at the point where everybody's like, okay, now we figured out, you know, how to make our systems work. Now it's optimize, optimize, optimize. And everybody who does that, they're just building on it. And eventually, this game will play on the Switch or something. That's just the way it goes.
2: That's how I was kind of surprised that Prince of Persia, the Lost Crown is uh, listed for Xbox One.
0: Everything like that. That is another thing that made me think on that one. Just to touch back on that point. That's what makes me think it's kind of a intermediate game that they're coming out with to Mm. try to help them fund another project is the fact that they're trying to hit it on every single platform that they can being loyal to one platform, one or two, they're like, let's put this on everything we can and optimize it for anything that has joysticks on it.
2: I had more of the feeling that it's probably just an easier game to run on hardware. Yeah. So that's probably why it was like on Xbox One and PS4. And who knows, maybe it's just like a why not? Like if we can do it, we should, just because more people are going to buy the game.
0: Yeah, and maybe it's getting easier for them to retrofit now too. Like with what Willie was saying about Unreal 5, coming along and, and just the tech of all of that getting better and people learning how to util- utilize it better. Right, right. It might just be getting easier to optimize that stuff for everybody.
2: Yeah. I don't know the price on this game, but I'm guessing it would be 70 bucks, but the release date is August 20.
0: I'd say that's one of the only games that I've seen so far that I would be buying straight up full price. Yeah. Full oh, price. Shit. Would, yeah. Cause that's a, that's one of those that you can get into it later. Uh, Elden Ring was the same way, but it was most fun to get into it and be into it in the meta while everybody else is is exploring it and discovering it. Mm-hmm. It's just an element where you're getting more to the game when you're in but that period. can you get past the first boss? Probably not. That's the question. Probably not. We'll see. I don't know. There's an amount of hype when I get a game like that when it's new that I feel like helps me push through it like Liza P. hmm Yeah. Grind through it. Because, you know, yeah, you know, like you haven't seen any videos on it. You don't know what's around the next corner. You don't know how big or crazy the next boss fight is. And those are the things I want to get to. Yeah. So uh, I'll grind or do whatever I have to, to, to push to that point.
2: Word, yeah, Black Myth. I think that's going to be a good game.
0: Yep, uh,
2: man, that makes me really want to talk about another similar game. Do it, but I think I'm gonna change directions and talk about Star Wars Outlaws TBD. But is supposed to be released in 2024. Is that on our list? Mm-mm. No,
1: I don't think so. No, because they didn't release anything new for it, it's just been it was all games
2: con, yeah, announcements for this game. Okay. But- I don't think there's anything new besides what had originally came out during GamesCon uh, in 2023, but should be a 2024 game published by uh, Ubisoft. Engine Snowdrop. Never heard of it. Game Engine Snowdrop. Hmm. But developed by Massive Entertainment, it's a third-person action-adventure game. Will be released on PC, PS5, Xbox Series. The first ever open world Star Wars game set between the events of The Empire Strikes Back and The Return of the Jedi, which I think is the fucking perfect spot. Perfect fucking spot to put this game. Uh, But he plays a female protagonist named Kay Vess, a scoundrel, seeking freedom and the means to start a new life. But of course, Star Wars has to fucking create some kind of little companion. And she has one, some animal called Nyx.
0: Huh. So she won't be... As far as we know, she won't be a Jedi. Yeah, I don't think she's meant to be a Jedi at all or have any like be Force sensitive in any way. Wow, this there's an element of this that really reminds me of Metal Gear 5, kind of when it goes into the open world parts. Mhm. And it may just be that that the tech is getting to that point that it's all looking that good at the very least, but this looks super compelling. And and what you said, the first open world Star Wars game That alone is going to sell the shit out of a game Um, because the last two Star Wars games, I didn't play the most recent one, Survivor, but I did Mm -hmm. play the one before that. And uh, even though they weren't open world per se, there there was openness to the environments, still was a lot of fun. So I think that if they're able to pull off that level of engagement and fun per click or whatever you call that, you know, mm-hmm. where you have so many encounters and everything, and it's it's innovative enough, they're definitely going to have a hit on their hands. That alone will just have people saying, I got to get into that and go explore that world.
2: I think the potential is huge, man. Love that it's third-person game, and there's a stealth, like there's just stealthiness to it. Like, yep. I think that pairs really well with somebody that is just like getting by, right? Stealing, being a scoundrel. Yep. I don't know if the underworld is the right word for this, but it seems grimy in that way. Like you're doing some pretty grimy, low level survival type gigs and taking on jobs that you're just like trying to get paid, but also not get yourself fucking killed.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I like that. It's low level, right? We're not, we're not dealing with Skywalkers. We're not dealing with the high level Star Wars characters that, I don't know, sometimes it feels like Star Wars is just like having a hard time of breaking out of.
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah, every time I see Darth Vader now, I'm just like, why does this guy look so much like Darth Vader? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like I know that there's an element of calling back to the old days and to what people remember, but Darth Vader Darth Vader looks like a dork. Like I'm going to say it, it's uncomfortable. It's an unpopular opinion, but that dude looks like a lame-ass loser. Not like somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. who's going to murder me. Are like, you talking
2: about his costume like in the,
0: yeah, the 70s? Yeah, yeah, just bringing it back. And, and it makes sense to some, to some extent, kind of like the VR game. You want to be there with Darth Vader. That's cool. That's like a dream come true. But if you're playing a game like this, I don't want to see Darth Vader. He's going to look stupid, and I want to see a bunch of new badasses. I want to see a new bad that is scary. And you see him, and you think, Oh my God, I got to get away from this dude or just anything other than once you see the same character, the same big bad over and over and over and over enough, he's just going to lose everything. And and at some point you're just going to be like, who's this fucking dork? Especially people that didn't grow up with that.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're going to see that and think this is lame as fuck.
2: <laughs> I mean, I've thought that a few times about his, his costume. You know, yeah. in the first three in the first trilogy, I've thought that about his costume within like the last couple of years where I'm like, this fucking doesn't look intimidating at all. But I mean, it was at the time and yep. hats off to them for switching up the voice actor and not letting whoever wore the costume to voice Darth Vader, because that literally fucking saved that character, I think. Because that's fucking iconic, like no doubt, dude. Yeah. yeah.
1: You talked about the engine for a second and we are like, I don't know what, what that engine is for this game. And it's... um. It was used in the division in the division two. Uh, I think it was oh. developed for the division. Right, I did read that.
0: Okay, that wasn't a terrible engine.
1: It also got used for South Park as well. <laughs> the fractured <laughs> butthole. Yeah, 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 really, the really, it was really
0: annoying. pushing the engine hard there.
1: Well, well, also Rocksmith Plus. It's also Rocksmith Plus oh, uses the same engine.
0: Which is Great, like, huh? so I'll be able to plug in my oh, uh, yeah. electric guitar and play Sick. through some of this, I hope. Maybe uh, whip out some cantina jazz, jizz, I think is what it's called now. <laughs> cantina jazz, what? Yeah, <laughs> <it's all> good. <laughs> <laughs> whip out good. Whip out a bunch of jizz on these fools. Wait, 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 is that a real thing? Yeah, oh yeah. That's space jazz, bro. Jizz. Mm-hmm. Space jazz is jizz. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, Shit. the
1: cantina music in Star Wars universe, yeah, that we hear a lot is... It's called jizz. <laughs> I did not know that. Interesting.
0: <laughs> I was today, years old when J-I-Z-Z? I learned. J I Z Z. Uh huh. Yeah, oh, jizz, shit. dude. There's okay. nothing else that that could possibly mean, bro. Yeah, and you if you look, that no, up, no, 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 it's no. like if you look that up. I don't know
1: this. I don't know where this particular <laughs> one is, but like performers of this music style are often called jizz
0: whalers.
2: Wow. <laughs> That, that's a group name right there, the Jizz Whalers.
0: The Jizz Whalers. I, that's mine. I'm stealing it from you, TM. Bob
2: Marley and the Jizz
1: Whalers. There's also <laughs> a Jizz box. Wrap, wrap up the Jizz box. Device.
0: I will say that um, all of those, like especially the Fractured Butthole and the Division engines, I really liked both of those. Both of those worked great for what they were supposed to do. Uh, the Division, I had a lot of Division in my thought about that game, mostly that it sucked. But most of that came down to the end goals, the end games that they put in place. It wasn't that the engine itself sucked. Wait, don't tell me you actually played that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah South sure Park Fractured Butthole. Yeah, yeah, I played two of them. Wait, played you played that too? South
1: games? Uh, no, I don't think okay. so. I think i watched taylor play some of it at some point
2: well i guess i shouldn't be surprised that taylor has played it that's good stuff but i
1: was not expecting any of us to have played that game there was another south park game before that right yeah that stick was not of the first destiny one.
0: or stick of yeah Truth. yeah
1: that's the one that i i think i watched you play not
2: mm. this one yep hmm Bonus points for the Star Wars Outlaws is that the on-screen typography looks fucking fantastic.
0: Oh, come on, dude. It's not going to be a Star Wars game unless they have sick font going on.
2: It looks fucking real good. So I hope that is carried across into whatever menu system there is and on the map and stuff like that, because I think that's just going to be that nice fucking typographic polish that definitely makes me feel better about playing the game. I can read the shit, (laughs) you know, I'm I'm not challenged.
0: So there'll be readable stuff probably, huh? Like things you pick up and read. Probably. And,
1: I bet so, yeah. Voice recordings. In open world, I would assume there's got to be, right? Yeah. Got to get some lore out there.
2: I just hope they don't go like, I, I don't imagine they would do this, but... The level of shit you can read in Cyberpunk is out of this fucking world, dude. <laughs> like stop. Stop. This is this is fucking wasting my time now.
0: Well, Witcher was similar though, was it? Didn't didn't Witcher have an insane amount of lore and control did?
2: Control also did. Yeah, the I Witcher think that's three? just Wild Yeah. Hunt? Yeah. I don't remember. I think,
0: I think Witcher had Oh, a, there were a books.
2: Decent, but, I think there yeah. were
0: books you could find. Yeah. yeah, they had straight up books even back to Skyrim. There was way more than you could. And
1: Skyrim is great for that, though. That's a point in my life when I'm like, I'll read it all, I'll try. I'll, I'll see what's going on, and there's just like full on huge chunks of books that you can read in that game. To yeah, with volume. There the were world. some
0: that went over ten volumes, right?
1: Yeah, oh, fuck. yeah. You just have a collection in your library at home of all the books. That was me yep. with uh, that was me with control,
2: like that same feeling where it's like there's so much, but I'm reading it all. I guess they did that with Starfield too, right?
1: There's a bunch of books yeah. and shit. I just sold them all because they fucking <laughs> suck, but. <laughs>
0: yeah i remember
1: a bunch of books. books in starfield yeah i didn't read any books in starfield i don't think really they also had audio recorders like things that you mm, could like listen
0: to right right right. good that's about as far as i'll go i will not <laughs> yeah. read a bunch of books in a video game it just feels weird to me yeah i didn't uh, come here but to i will read. listen to recordings yeah i,
1: didn't. I, I came, came here, here to, here to shoot pop stuff and blow up shit I don't know yep. if we're going to talk about this in a future episode. I don't know if we're still going to. We talked about, Joey and I talked about maybe doing like maybe some New Year's resolution style things in a in one of these episodes. But Barbara had maybe mentioned about like reading books in games. My resolution was going to be to read like books in games. <laughs> 100
0: books. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. There's some good stories in there. I mean, that uh, one of the stories that I have locked in my head that I want to make into a cartoon and have for a long time came out of some of the reading material in um, Dishonored mm. because they, they had such good... I think that games like that really... Neither of you played those, though. Um Mm-mm. But they, they did a great job of making the books no more than, like, two or three pages. They had a good amount nice. of them that you could read, but they were perfect chunks. A lot of them were straight-up short stories, so they might have been two pages. Mm-hmm. And uh, Interesting. for me, that was perfect because it was just enough to be like, oh shit. And you know, you get some that are light, but because that was such a dark world, most of them were dark and ominous. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Star Wars Outlaws, that is TBD. Before we leave that, I, I definitely want to make sure it's just cool that there's like, you know, vehicles everywhere. So, like, you're on a speeder bike, like out the in the desert. Cool, yeah. yeah. And then you're like in a spaceship flying around so like how
2: much of that is I think you can take off from the surface too straight into the fucking atmosphere right
1: exactly So, I think they're going to do that again, which is pretty great. Yeah. And you mentioned Nyx and I think that there's like a mechanic where Nyx can do the thing where they go grab stuff for you off the ground, like if you're out of ammo or something.
2: Yeah, and like hit buttons and controls and shit. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: like that. That's pretty cool. That's always a plus.
2: Yeah, because it changes how you want to like strategize your like sequence of like taking people out. You know, like if you are playing stealthy, I like that, that you can use Nyx as probably a distraction or
1: used to like pick things up, bring things back, hit buttons. Can you imagine like sending your cute little pet over to somebody like, to distract them while you come up behind them and take them out. What oh, are the yeah. odds
0: that <laughs> that pet is going to get murked at some point? They're going to make you love that pet and then that, they're going to take suck. that pet from you. That yeah, will suck, that man. Suck. Especially the this way is the, the, the new character Star Wars,
2: The way they've designed the character, it's like automatically fucking cute.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. And
2: Taylor's right. Like, you're going to fall in love with this character immediately, like in the first couple of hours.
0: Yeah, this ain't no BB that can, you know, be shot with a blaster and then repaired. Yeah, shot out of a This is a cannon. baby. Yeah. This is an organic creature. Yeah. So they're going to play with our organic creature hearts on that. Oh, yeah. Just I want to throw out as a this is not one of my favorites, but I just came across it in here as I'm kind of going through this list and looking at games that I haven't seen yet. Uh, Big Walk. Looks super freaking fun and interesting. Did y'all watch that one?
1: Yeah, that's a 2025, and I'm that would be on my list if this if it was a 2024 release. I would absolutely okay. be talking about it because that game does look great. It's made it by the people who so made fun. Untitled Goose Game, oh, which was a lot wow. of fun.
0: Interesting.
1: Dude, I really want to play that. It's a multiplayer, like, cooperative puzzle sort of, Mm -hmm. I think, open world adventure.
0: Elements of it remind me of, oh, man, I can't think the name right now. What was the open world, open universe game that came out a couple years ago that you take off in a wooden spaceship and you're flying around? There's only, like, six planets. Oh, Starfield. It's Starfield. (laughs) Yeah. It was uh, six planets to explore. It was an Xbox uh, Marketplace game or or Xbox um, Game Pass game. No idea. I don't know. Golly. It's not ringing a bell at all. I wanted to say like Outfield or Outer. Oh, is that? Oh, man. Outer Wilds? Outer Wilds is one. Yeah, for sure. Might have been Outer Wilds. Is that how that started? yeah, yeah. you, you wake that. up you wake up under a starry sky and you're like with these um I don't know native people to this planet you are yourself as well but they're tech they're like just figuring out how to mm-hmm. explore the universe and and you're taking the first rocket off of the planet and the planets are like small and easier to explore but yet have some really like crazy ass puzzles and I mean one planet is covered in uh, tornadoes. So you have to land on it and do all kinds of crazy shit, like go into a tornado. And like, I feel like if y'all didn't play that, I definitely feel like Willie, you would have a lot of fun with that game. I
1: watched someone play that. That's how I know. And uh, I I just found some gameplay of it. I was like, yeah, I did. I did watch somebody play that game.
0: That was like a, a intellectual playground, really that game, because there was so much exploration, but also so much, the puzzles weren't overly difficult like they were just enough to be fun and stimulating and to give you something to do a reason to explore but that's what a big walk actually reminds me of is elements of that but more of a co-op thing which hell yeah i like the description on youtube uh it's a
2: quirky puzzle game that takes place on a deserted island with a bunch of bizarre looking bird people
0: (laughs) that sounds perfect
1: do you have a, another pick? I'll let you go next because I'm still I'm still thinking about me. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, mine is it's a cheater because we don't we don't know yet. But light no fire, man. Light no fire is something uh, because I am. Che, you breached
2: breach. Alert!
0: We I breached know, our 2024 I contract. I know, man. Um, so, so we're thinking that that one won't be 2024. Is that probably going to be a 2025? Or we don't, I don't know. know.
1: Actually, we just don't know. I guess
0: my thought was that these guys develop so fast, and they have such a good system already. I was hoping that maybe we'd see it by the end of the year at least.
1: The only reason I think that we might not is that he said they had a small team working on it. Oh, okay, so they're going it.
0: small again. So maybe
2: not.
1: So I don't know. I just don't know.
2: Best case scenario, winter
0: 2024. Yeah. Yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if they had to push back too, just because of how much blowback they had to work through with their previous game, No Man's Sky. They may play this one a little bit slower and make sure that when they release it's... Because they could never do that again, right? They couldn't release another trailer that has a giant worm coming out of the ground and flying over people and then not have that in the game like that's a mistake that you make once (laughs) you don't do that again
1: maybe but what if they could they do an early access game and get that Ah, out in 2024
0: that's totally possible man because those open world games the open world survivors are those are really big in early access for sure and they do really good in early access so maybe i guess that's a big if
2: I could see that probably happening based on how many freaking updates there are to No Man's Sky and just right, like how and, they continue building on that.
0: And they, those seem to be slowing way down, which is also why I was thinking, because when the last one, didn't they announce that that was the last? I have no idea. Chapter for? Oh, no, there's, there's more definitely more that?
1: in 2024
2: for Lord. No Man's Sky. Too. Shit did not look like it's slowing down when I saw that <laughs> clip oh on God, at the Game so Awards. so
0: much. Yeah, they have done so much for that game. That... That's what makes me excited about it is one. I love open world games. I love co-op games like that, but those guys have definitely proven themselves. If you buy that game, you are getting a hell of a deal word and you're probably getting a long-term project as well that they're going to make right every single time that they can. Like they've earned a lot of trust. Extreme value, man. Yeah, extreme like in that kind value. of game. Like extreme value
2: for like 60, 70 bucks.
0: Yeah, like absurd value. Absurd. Like, like if you were just asking a developer of that or demanding of that rather, you would be for sure out of line. <laughs> you would be like right. an absolute asshole to be like, do all that and do it for free mm-hmm yeah that's insane that is that's a dev team that loves what they're doing like they love that fucking game
1: i'm gonna go with you on this one just because i also want it to be here already <laughs> I, I want it to come out i've watched that trailer multiple times just being like oh what other cool thing might i see in here but you know it's very obviously from the beginning there's all kinds of shit to to look at just you know mounts and then those skeleton people you could just be skeletons walking around. Yep. I guess. And obviously, there's a ton of different races. I know Taylor pointed out uh, those rabbit people the last time, which look cool yeah. as fuck. Yeah. There's giants in that thing,
0: especially if your mobility is based on, like, if you're a rabbit, if you can like bounce faster like a rabbit. Oh my
1: god! There's a lot of cool stuff in there. Some of the aliens look like the look like some of the characters from No Man's Sky too. The squat mm. little toad-looking creature looks like the like it could be from No Man's Sky. Nice.
0: Yeah, it looks so cool, man. There's a glider in there, some flying mounts, obviously some base building. Oh yeah. The mounts look insane. And just like, just like you would expect from them. Like you can just fly the mounts around perfectly. You're just sitting there flying it like a jet, a personal jet across the, <laughs> and the building looks really good. Like you get to see them building a house and bringing everything up and the way that rocks are flying up and building the walls and everything. Like they seem to have. All of the pieces in place for a perfect game. Somebody flies off on a hummingbird. Yeah, man. I mean, that's my jam. I freaking love hummingbirds. Yeah, that's
1: jammy for sure.
0: Yeah, jammy 9000. There's
1: in that section with the rabbits, there's also a giant character sort of in the background that it scrolls to. And it's like, can you play as that? Or is that just an NPC that's in the world? But you know, that thing is sitting down and looks eight feet, 10 feet tall or something. That would be weird if there's also people inhabiting the world who are also giants that you could be that as a player character, but I kind of doubt it, but mm-hmm. who knows?
0: I just love to see their take on an arc because arc for all of the issues we had with arc, there were a ton of them, a ton of bugs. There's a ton of stuff that's just a little off or annoying about it. If you're not a perfect type player of something like that, um, then it, eventually you'd get bored. Willie, it, it, Willie and I are good examples. I'm more of like an action driven. I just want to get in there and go kick some ass and see some cool shit. Willie and Barbara were more like, hey, let's build places and see about training these things and like, you know, playing the game as it should be because there was so much there to do. It'll be interesting to see these guys take on that because there were elements of No Man's Sky that were the same way where You could just go out and start ripping ass everywhere and doing cool stuff, or you could sit on a planet on the same planet or, you know, same system forever and just sit there and build things and you know, progress and evolve technologically, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's almost mixed with a look that is a little more detailed, but almost reminds me of like the newer Zelda games, just with that great looking, get up on a hilltop and look out and find something cool and go towards it. And mysterious. And
2: it could be pulling from some of that
0: type of gameplay too. Hell yeah. Do it like the the best parts out of games like that you know, don't mince words, just go ahead and do that shit.
2: I mean, a lot of people were incorporating the glider component, like that, that ability to glide like across an open world since uh, Breath of the Wild. I feel like that's in a lot more games since then. And I think it's fantastic too.
0: And the climbing. I wonder if they'll have uh, if they'll have similar climbing, like rock climbing mm-hmm. and things like that with your character. That is interesting. Yeah. Cause they're so big on tools But before it was all space tools, you know what I mean? Like every gun in no man's sky would have, I don't know, 10 different slots or 18 different slots in which you could put different chips and different tools and things build onto it, make it into Mm -hmm. a crazy thing. Like now they're not going to have that space element. It's going to be all grounded in an open world, which I think opens up to all kinds of shit. Why wouldn't they put in claws that you could put on your hands and climb stuff and, But I'm pumped.
2: My guess is. uh, I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, me too. My guess
2: is spring 2025. Yeah, that's a good conservative guess. I could definitely
1: see it being really late 2025, too. You know, like, sure. Yeah. Just because that team, he said, was small. But Mm -hmm. I am hoping for like a surprise at some point.
0: Word. You know how they they seem to like uh, October and November, if I'm remembering correctly, for their like kind of big release cycle? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe No Man's Sky official release was like April or something weird. Like they they kind of march to the beat of their own drum when it comes to releases. So that also is it leaves it real up in the air. Like yeah, these guys sure. are not beholden to anything.
1: But uh, Willie, do you have one final game? Yeah, I think real quick, I'm gonna rattle some stuff off that I'm not gonna pick just because I don't have a PlayStation Five. Oh which man, is- immediately a game on my list. Yeah. Obviously, I'm gonna go with the obvious one first for me, which is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Can't play that, but the other one that that I am stoked about is Rise of the Ronin. Mm-hmm. Is something I would like to play. Yeah, it's by Team Ninja, who made like the Ninja Gaiden games and like Woe Long Fallen Dynasty, and it also looks like that game Tenchu or Tenchu Z. The, the way that it feels to me, mm-hmm. but um, that's something that I would love to play. But PlayStation too, Five, yeah. so I'm not even gonna put it on my list because. I'm trying to figure out a way to do to do this one, man. Like, I don't know. 70 bucks. Obviously, I don't have a PS5. Somebody could hear this and gift all of... Or me and Joey, because we don't have PlayStation 5. So, you could <laughs> just be gift them And if you did that, I would review Rise of the Ronin for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. An
0: in-depth review. <laughs> yeah. Personal Totally
2: review. worth the $500 yep. it would cost you yeah. uh, to send us a PS5, but... That game looks incredible, man. Like, I, I, yeah, I've i paid a little bit more attention to it since, like, the Game Awards and going back through and watching the trailer. It reminds me of a cross between Wolong, which makes a lot of sense, Sekiro, which also makes a lot of sense because Long is a lot like Sekiro, but then Ghost of Tsushima. It's like they mashed all of these three together and, hey, glider. There's a fucking glider in the game, which looks badass. There's a grappling hook. You can fucking ride on horseback. And I don't think it's as linear as Wo Long was. Yeah, man. I did see Um, they have been working on this game for seven years. Wow. Well, they don't mess around. I feel like seven years
0: is a bad number since it's Starfield. <laughs> Starfield <laughs> shit. We don't know what those guys were doing. They could have been just straight up meeting and shooting hoops for that entire development cycle for all we know.
2: Where I did, I did jot down a little bit, uh, I don't know where I got this, maybe from the website or somewhere, but this is a quote from somewhere about Rise of the Ronin. The black ships of the West have descended upon the nation's borders and the country falls into a state of turmoil. Amidst the chaos of war, disease, and political unrest, a nameless warrior forges their own path, holding the very fate of Japan in their hands. Huh. There's something about it being a nameless warrior, a warrior that is like, Fucking giving me Elden Ring vibes, dude. Maidenless, the fucking lowly
1: Tarnished. I want to mm. play another Nameless Warrior. Man, I have so many things on this list. I think because you brought up Tarnished, I'm just going to go with the Shadow of the Earth Tree DLC. Oh, oh, shit. I hope that's what something... I'm looking for. Yeah, hell yeah. We usually don't talk about leaks too much. And I don't know that there are any, but like that are worth believing. Mm-hmm. But if they are to be believed, it could be the end of February. Ooh. Yeah, that'd be fucking great. I mean, there's other shit to play. So, even if it's... It's the anniversary of the release of Elden Ring uh. and people think that it might be. There was also some weird uh, company, I think, called Thrustmaster that makes controllers. Pfft, Thrustmaster. Thrustmaster? I think they make like, usually make motion controls or like not motion controls, but like driving stuff for like those kind of games. Why is it? Why they got to use the word thrust? That just sounds <laughs> sus. I'm pretty sure that's their name. I'm going to
2: look it up now. It sounds like a as seen on TV piece of workout equipment.
1: They do the like, they do the like uh steering wheels and stuff and like flight sticks for games.
0: Speaking of that, I'm going to inject something real quick. I w- did you guys happen to see if not, I'll send you the video of it. There was footage of someone who was using AR and they were playing, I think flight simulator and they had their flight stick in in front of them in the center and the AR was immediately putting their flight stick and arm and everything into the game, into the cockpit. Nice. So that like as he was moving it, you could see like the dude's tattoo and everything, like as he was flying. Oh shit. It just had to stick in there. I was just like, oh my God. This is and his legs. Like you could see his own like knees and everything, the way it was sitting. Huh. I'll send y'all the that video because it's super impressive. It's just like thirty seconds or a minute, but that's where we're going with AR. I wasn't sure if y'all saw that.
1: I think I did see something very similar to that. I don't know if it was the same one. Sick. But that company, they're doing a collab. Well, so there was a tweet that was posted at some point that was a collab between them and Elden Ring that talked about the anniversary and the like celebrating the launch of their DLC or something. And everybody's like, Does that mean it's gonna come out soon? And we didn't know. Mm. But then it got deleted, I'm pretty sure.
2: Mm. Okay. Okay. So
1: it's very it's very possible that we get that sooner rather than later i no matter what i think it will be 2024 yeah i think so
2: too it needs to be even it's not that soon i'm not even i'm not even worried about that because there's some good stuff to play yeah but we haven't seen any dlc from
0: them hardly right like there was a little bit um a few months in but it was just kind of auxiliary things added i would be super surprised if we didn't see the dlc come out this year
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think everybody would
0: because they want to get their name back into the into the world. Like if anything, maybe they'll do something special for the anniversary. And then after that, oh, here's that uh, tweet rise tarnished and let us walk a new path together an upcoming mm. expansion for Elden ring shadow of the Erdtree tree is currently in development. We hope you look forward to new adventures in the lands between. Yeah. I hope so, man. I could see them wanting to, wanted to like get the name out there again, because right now people are still rediscovering this. I see it on Twitter all the time. People are like, Oh, should I check out elder ring? Yeah. Okay. And then three days later, they're yeah. clearly in an Elden hole and <laughs> loving it. But yeah, that's this game is too good. I think to let rest for, over two years or or over a year.
2: Yeah. It's just like, man, y'all take y'all's time. I'm like 100% confident that it's gonna be great. Yeah. yeah. So like if, yeah, I don't even care if they
1: don't want to rush it. No. I mean, I think it's, it's basically been two years now, you know, since, since the it game came out? came out.
0: Okay. I thought so. And that's a long time.
1: It will be two years in February. So like, I feel like they've been working on it since they launched. Right. Yeah. And maybe even before. So, mm-hmm. cause there's a whole story that we don't know about Mikola, And I think that's, that's some stuff that we're going to get to find out. I hope that's going to be some juicy shit too. Yeah. Whatever
2: becomes of that and how it ties stuff together, looking forward to that. Yeah, for sure. Only other game on my short list that we don't really have to talk about so we can wrap up soon is Tales of Kinzera
1: Zao. April
2: 23rd, yeah. $20, dude. This game is fucking 20 bucks.
1: That one's that's on my incredible. list for sure. Yes. I didn't want to pick that right after we talked about Prince of yeah, Persia. Yeah, I thought so, yeah. But uh, that's the second on my list for sure. It
2: looks so good. And it's focused on story, but yeah. the platforming is there. And to me, it looks like you took Kana Bridge of Spirits and you turned it into what they're
1: calling a 2.5D platformer, which I don't really know what 2.5D is. I think it usually means that the like, there is a little movement back and forth on the screen that matters, you know? Yeah, I like that. And I think it's a mix between the backgrounds being traversable and the foreground being traversable is usually sort of what it means i think hell yeah i'm down
0: not gonna lie this this trailer is two times as compelling as the as the the other one we were talking yeah prince of persia like this is really really good yeah they're showing all kinds of stuff on here it's gonna
2: be great man and like the inspiration from the game i think is what's gonna make it great yeah just that guy talking about it oh really the game is literally him dealing with the grief of losing his father and he's like turned that into a video game so like already you're like
1: fuck this is coming from a badass place and it's a tribute to his father because they liked playing video games together
0: oh that's crazy
1: and so he made this thing to deal with the loss and the the person the character Zhao, in the thing is trying to bargain with the god of death to bring back his father like that's part of what's going on so i think it's gonna be great
0: those games have like they do get an extra special place in a lot of people's hearts because so many people go through that everybody goes through that you know at some yeah. point in their life and that we saw that with uh that dragon cancer right was it was that the name of that one the it was like an indie game that a guy made for uh but they it was because they lost their kid and there's just an amount of weight that those that those carry. I think it was called that that dragon cancer.
2: Mm, that doesn't sound like something I've heard of.
0: I mean, if you just if somebody just read you the description, you'd be like, I never want to play that because it's it's so heavy. Like the content yeah. is impossible. Right. But yeah. the people that do play it were like, that was one of the most special experiences of their lives, you know, to try to mm-hmm. deal with something like that. So, and, and I think in that one it was, they tried to make you feel what he felt, um, like what the dad felt. Right.
2: What I love about the, I mean, obviously there's like tales of Kinzara. There's like a lot of grief, obviously, in like the inspiration behind the story and what it means to, I'm probably going to butcher his name, Abu Bakar Salim. Is who who the actor is that like this is a project of and like you know it was his father and like this is his project. And He started the studio to make this
0: game, like yeah, was which like, is incredible. Would- That's beautiful.
2: That's what I was trying to get to. Is what I love about these games is they're good because the people really fucking care and give a damn. Yep. About the end result, right? So like, what this means to him means this is going to be a fucking fantastic game because he cares so much about the end result and what it means and like how it's a part of his healing process and like that 100% I'm going to buy this game and play it just for that reason alone yeah
0: yeah and to support somebody like that who who did it for such a a compelling reason you know you're not going to start hearing the music from that rapid up box start playing you know in the last you see, he's like okay now the story goes to crap and is rushing through whatever like this dude probably saw it from beginning to end
2: also also a colored person in the gaming industry dude this is how i felt about ember labs with uh cana bridge of spirits dude it's like this is like one of the only black owned video game studios in the whole fucking industry yeah like hell yeah and the game's amazing The game and the animation is incredible. Yeah,
0: it's one of those things you also want to support, you know, like 20 bucks is not a lot to say like, hey, I want I want to see more shit like this. Yeah, exactly. I want to see more stories and more people exposed like this because it just makes us all better.
1: I thought it was cool that it is picked up by EA Originals to like be one of their titles to put out. It's cool that he found a place to do that. Mm-hmm. It was also interesting that the second slide in that, or the second like part of that video is just like with support from Ridley Scott Creative Group and Critical Role, which was the thing that I thought was really interesting that wow. like they're dipping feet into that. to back projects like this mm-hmm. and video game projects in general. That's... Both of those things are interesting.
2: I assume uh, yeah, I assume because um Abu Bakar was in Assassin's
1: Creed. Yeah, he's a voice actor. He's in all kinds yeah, of shit. Yeah. And he was in he was in Legends of Vox Machina for with Critical Role. Like oh, the, okay. in the Amazon series, he played a character there. Okay, so the the connection's even more direct than I was gonna mention. I think he's friends with the
2: cast. Is at right, least right. Matt Mercer, like I'm pretty sure. Yeah, all that makes total sense. Like the the voiceover. Connection.
1: Yeah. Real quick, we don't have to talk about this last one so we can wrap it up. There's another platformer called Mariachi Legends that's developed by Halbert Studios. It's a game I kickstarted like a month or two ago. The Halbert Studios says they explore the fusion between Mexican and Japanese tradition and their Why? team is out of Guadalajara, Mexico. And it's like a they list it as a combat oriented Metroidvania. Mm. They made some other game called uh, Nine Years of Shadows, which is like mostly positively reviewed on huh. Steam. It's got some negative reviews for sure saying it's like not that original or it doesn't quite hit the Metroidvania aspects, but it was like 25 bucks to kickstart this thing. So, I was like, interesting. Yeah, I should check it out. But it's set in Mexico. There's a, a gang called the Mariachi Legends that are threatening nice. the town that this is. And you like make a deal with Lady Death. You're a detective. She gives you the power to become La Sombra, this like mariachi looking character. And you get all these powers like to just deal with this cartel
2: or this. <laughs> Sick ass mashup, man. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it's like a interesting like pixel art. I think it's a really cool style. Nice. There's like building powers means like getting tarot cards from Lady Death or whatever. And they can either be things to help you or things to like make it harder for you. And you can like trade them out at some points or buy different ones. But the sword you have is badass. It's like, uh, I think, what's it called? La Espada de Animas, which is like the sword of souls that like summons something to like, it can change into different styles of weapons depending on like what you put as the core of it. It seems really interesting. There's also this weird thing about eating Mexican cuisine in the game will give you different power-ups,
0: basically. Dude, that's a winning formula. We've seen (laughs) that in the Final Fantasy 15. Like, I feel like they... To me, they really kicked that off because they made their food look so good. Every like that's been a big thing with Monster Hunters and a lot of these different games where they want to make that food look amazing, like make you hungry as fuck while you're playing that game. <laughs> yeah. And it works anyway. That's cool. That
1: one's that one's like September, I think, is the expected release date. But it's a Kickstarter game. So what was it called, knows? Mariachi Legends?
0: Nice. That's a great name too. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Nice. I already got some like artwork from it for like some digital art wallpapers and stuff for backing it. I'm looking forward to that soundtrack. Anyway, that seems like that's going to be a solid one too, but another platformer, another Metroidvania.
0: Oh, I love their visual style.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think, yeah, that's a good place to call it. There are so many other things we could talk about, but uh, thank you for being here with us, kicking off the new year. We appreciate every listen.
0: Yeah, everybody. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, hanging with us. And uh, if you have any games that are on your horizon that we didn't talk about please let us know and we'll probably bring it up in the next episode or one of the future ones
2: you can send us a message on instagram before you ship us the ps5 that'd be fantastic
0: yeah definitely double check that addy yeah
2: all right anyway peace 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 berries and blades is an independent podcast created by joseph bullard willie garza and taylor garrett Thanks for tuning in and consider subscribing if you enjoyed listening to this episode. You can also support us by telling your friends about the show. And we hope to see you in the next episode of Berries and Blades. Until then, thanks
0: again. Don't go chasing water balls. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Yeah. (laughs) mm <laughs>